Known as mind flayers by the people of the surface, mind rulers by the rightfully fearful denizens of the Underdark, and frequent villains of my nightmares by me, Illithids have been murdering adventurers for their brains since the first edition of D&D, and they're in the running for one of the most iconic and unique D&D monsters out there. I've been known to run them in my own campaigns as well, and run into them at the worst possible time whenever I'm a player. And I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know about them in today's episode so that you can have a, let's say, a happier experience than most people do. Or at very least, a more informed one. But before we get on with that, be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And now, on to Mind Flayers. Illithids are literally alien beings. In most implementations of their lore, they actually arrive from another planet or another plane. They're meant to feel alien as well. These aren't just some snarling monsters after all. They're highly intelligent psychic beings from another alien world that is impossible for us to understand. One aspect of their culture that is easy for us to understand is that they do not mean us well, no matter what they say. The whole brain-eating thing is fundamental to their culture, and it's not a choice. They will literally wither away and die if they don't consume the brain matter of an intelligent creature at least every few months. You can imagine how this would make diplomacy with them rather difficult, and even when deals are struck, they'll still think of everything not illithid as a potential meal. Mind flayers think of themselves as masterminds, plotting and manipulating everyone around them to serve their own needs. Adult illithids are hairless humanoids that stand about six feet tall with long tentacles dangling from their mouths. They're naturally powerful scions, and when fed a steady diet of humanoid brains, they tend to exude a slick protective mucus coating. A lot of how they function physically and how their culture functions has to do with their life cycle, so bear with me a little bit here. Mind flayers are sexless, but once or twice in their lifespan, they'll lay a clutch of eggs which then hatch into tiny illithid tadpoles. These little squids get dumped into their elder brain tank, again, just bear with me as much as you can, where they hone their psionic instincts and fight each other for dominance, cannibalizing the weaker ones and often getting consumed by the elder brain itself. Try your best, everybody. The tadpoles that survive this process basically earn the right to live, but we're not done with the weirdness quite yet. The chosen worthy tadpoles then must be shoved into living humanoid skulls, where the little baby mind flayer parasitically consumes the host brain matter and essentially becomes the new brain. With the baby illithid parasitically piloting the humanoid creature, the body slowly grows into a fully-fledged adult illithid. This is where they get all of the wacky mind flayer dragons and the mind flayer ropers from. What we would think of as a standard mind flayer is injecting an illithid tadpole into most humanoids. Putting the tadpole into more unusual creatures can create some unusual mind flayers, as I've kind of pointed out already. But what about the elder brain that I mentioned? You can think of elder brains functioning as a queen bee of the illithid world. An elder brain is a literal giant brain with a ton of tentacles floating around in goo, and they're extremely powerful scions. Illithids like their independence, but they're cowards at heart, and typically band together into colonies centered around an elder brain. The Elder Brain has complete control over its Mind Flayer subjects, and it's better to think of each colony as a single superorganism rather than a group of individuals. Each Mind Flayer may vie for the position against each other, but they're utterly powerless against the Elder Brain's psychic commands. 
the elder brain feeds off of many of their tadpole young, and the brains of the dead mind flayers, each new brain adds to the elder's overall intellect, and the colony grows smarter with every bite. Which finally brings us to how the brains get there in the first place. Very rarely, a tadpole is born as an ulithrid. These guys have a couple extra face tentacles and are even smarter than the average mind flayer. The other illithids will treat it as a minor godly being, as it's basically an elder brain larvae. For the sake of the species, the elder brain will begrudgingly accept the new rival and will take on some illithids in order to form a new colony elsewhere. Eventually, once they've settled, the ulithrid will consume a ton of brain matter and transform into a new elder brain. But how does Mind Flayer society actually work? Well, it functions on the backs of slaves, mostly. Their fearsome psionic powers are enough to subdue a lot of various humanoids. The more useful ones are kept as psychically dominated slaves. The rest are just brain food. Of course, in times of trouble, even the most useful servant can double as a brain ration. Slaves run the city, which are ruled by the Mind Flayers, who are in turn subject to absolute psionic power of the Elder Brain. I hope that the hierarchy has become quite clear over this rather gruesome description. It is only when the Mind Flayers are sent away to gather intelligence or carry out the Elder Brain's orders that they have a chance to gain any sort of independence. These renegade Mind Flayers sometimes try to form colonies of their own or even ally themselves with other humanoids. But any independent thought or personality melts away if they're brought within psychic grasp of the Elder Brain, which is... Very sad, actually, when you think about it for longer than a few seconds. Finally, all this happens in the dark. Quite specifically, the Underdark. Mind Flayers live on this world of the material plane to hide away from interstellar threats and the sunlight. They're physically hurt by the sun, and the dark caverns beneath the surface world are perfect for them. Most Mind Flayer colonies exist in the Underdark or are hidden away on other planes. There are a ton of Mind Flayer variants from back in the 3rd edition, from Illithid Dragons to Mighty Elder Brains themselves. Now, in 5th edition, we've got the standard versions, a couple of Mind Flayers with some extra spells, and a full-fledged Mind Flayer Lich. We also got the Gnome Xenomorph variants out of the Icewild Dale. For the moment, let's focus on the standard version, though. An AC of 15 may not be the most impressive in the grand scheme of things, but their resistances and other terrifying abilities more than make up for this. From a role-playing perspective, I find just about anything that can read minds to be terrifying as well, so that immediately sticks out to me. And let's address some of the rather unsettling actions that they have hiding up their sleeves. One thing you might have noticed immediately is the Mind Blast. The Mind Flayer magically emits psychic energy in a 60-foot cone. Each creature in that area must succeed in a DC-15 intelligence saving throw or take 22 psychic damage and be stunned for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending the effect on itself on a success. That is absolutely devastating, and you can definitely see how this would bring down a lot of lower level players, or even some people that have been playing for a couple sessions. To jump immediately to the one that will probably cause you the most agony, at least from a visual perspective, is Extract Brain. If hit, the target takes 55 piercing damage. If the damage reduces the target to zero hit points, the Mind Flayer kills the target outright by extracting and devouring its brain. And as someone who has had this happen to one of his most beloved NPCs, yeah, uh, it's not a way that you want one of your characters to go. Rest in peace, Ming. 
A single Mind Flayer can be an excellent villain for Tier 1 adventurers, or an entire colony can be a major threat for even Tier 3 or 4 adventurers. However, they're really meant to be a cerebral opponent, and I don't recommend just throwing them at a party willy-nilly. Mind Flayers are schemers and manipulators. I would say you should set one up as like a mysterious benefactor or someone that's just buying up all the slaves from the local raiders, a member of a shadowy cult, something that really builds up the mystique. You are fighting one of the most iconic D&D villains, after all. A Mind Flayer doesn't just jump out of the shadows and attack who they're looking for. They should be masterminds of the situation and try to obtain their target in a more nuanced fashion. In terms of actual combat, Mind Flayers don't have a ton of hit points or a terribly high AC, though magic resistance stops them from being outright squishy. Their threat is in the combination of their Mind Blast and Extract Brain abilities. The Mind Blast is a powerful cone of psychic damage that has a stun attached to it, and stun players are ripe for that brain eating. And that's exactly how Ming passed away, unfortunately. The risk of straight up killing a PC with a Mind Flayer is quite high, so use this with caution, especially since Mind Flayers are rarely caught on their own. Even a Renegade Mind Flayer will likely have a bunch of enslaved servants to defend themselves with. Intellect Devourers are excellent and flavorful choices for this aspect, and most Drow stat blocks you come across will have a great Illithid servant for you to encounter. Just try not to overdo it whatever idea you come up with. Mind Flayers are extremely dangerous, but they can also be glass cannons. They have comparatively low hit points and AC, but a potentially deadly damage output. They have magic resistance, so pushing through the damage spells is unlikely. But if you manage to sneak up behind him with a bunch of martial characters and ambush him, you can easily kill him outright. Given the situation that you'll more than likely be in when facing a Mind Flayer though, you probably won't have that opportunity. A fair fight will have your work cut out for you, and the big threat is the Mind Flayer's Extract Brain ability. Chances are, if it gets the ability off, one of your party members is straight up dead. To use this ability, the Mind Flayer must start their turn grappling a creature, so do everything in your power to make sure that doesn't happen. Counter grapple, use spells like Thunder Wave to push it back, do everything and anything to get out of its clutches. The Mind Flayer will attempt to stun everybody with its Mind Blast and will likely try to dominate somebody into becoming a brain food snack. In both cases though, it's still going to take a turn for it to grab a hold of somebody. The Mind Flayer's damage output without snacking on brains is manageable, and given its low hit points, it should go down in only a couple rounds. Unless, of course, it brings a bunch of lackeys and beasts with it, but as long as you focus on the proper ones and have a decent sense of crowd control, you should be fine. I would say maybe a few rounds at most. I really enjoy how Illithids introduce an element of sci-fi into the fantasy world of D&D, and I think they just make great villains because they're utterly terrifying from basically birth. To sum everything up though, DMs run this with caution because they may be a little bit weak, but their abilities can kill a PC outright, so just be aware of that. And for you players, strategy. Strategy, strategy, and for the love of God, just defend each other out there. Don't leave your man behind, because if someone gets stunned and grappled, they're more than likely a dead man.
with no brain. However you choose to implement a Mind Flayer into your game, have fun with it though. Try to add your own spin on it. I personally like the idea of them having a sort of hive mind where they all sort of collectively put information together. That was something I put into my campaign. That's just an example, but I think there's a lot of room for creativity, even with all the established lore that they have. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if your party has faced off against a Mind Flayer in the past, or if you, a DM, have played a Mind Flayer that you're proud of, I would love to hear about that situation down in the comments. I think the most interesting time was something that I have hinted out throughout this episode, where I suck a Mind Flayer on my PCs and they were not able to defend their entire crew and one of my favorite NPCs, Ming, had his brain removed involuntarily. It was quite sad. Thanks again for watching. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.